Let's turn together to read the Word of God in the New Testament, in the Revelation to John and in chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, and reading at the beginning down to verse number 13. Revelation 14 at verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures. And before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink, the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image, and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulphur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. Amen. This is the word of God. We trust that he will bless to us our reading from it. We're now going to sing in Psalm 62, in the Sing Psalms version on page 79. Psalm 62, Sing Psalms on page 79. Reading at verse 1. My soul finds rest in God alone. From him comes my salvation sure, my safety fortress, sheltering rock. In him alone I am secure. We're singing from verse 1 to the verse mark 8 to God's praise. My soul finds rest in God alone. From 
to the book of Revelation and to chapter 14 and we can read at verse 13 Revelation 14 at verse 13 and I heard a voice from heaven saying write this blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on blessed indeed says the spirit that they may rest from their labours for their deeds follow them. Now, since we worshipped God at midday last Lord's Day, lots of things have happened. And last Lord's Day afternoon, we were uh, saddened and shocked to hear of the passing of Donald MacLeod. And with his passing, it has caused us to think about many things, but it especially causes us all to think of 
the life of the people of God and the glory that awaits the same people of God. I want us today to reflect on these verses, verses 12 and 13 of this chapter, and to think something of what they have to say to us. As we read this book of, of Revelation, we saw last week the way in which Jesus, the Lamb of God, had the authority to open the scrolls. And we can see these seven scrolls as seven chapters which sum up for us something of what's going to happen in the life of the church and ultimately what's going to happen with the people of God. And we, we can see the, the book in that sense uh, as a book that has bookends which speak about the beginning uh, that uh, Revelation was given to John and then at the end the way in which there is that glorious account of the new heavens and the new earth that are bookends to life and there is a story in between. And our own lives are like that. There are bookends to our lives. How and where and when we came into the world, how and when and where we departed from the world. And how and when and where we departed from the world is so much influenced by what happens between the bookends, by what you and I do in our lives from the time that we are born until the time that we die. And for the people of God, it's in that storyline that faith comes, that God comes, that the Spirit of God works, that people are brought alive to faith in Jesus Christ. And when you read this book, we see the way in which as soon as that happens, faith is going to be challenged. And at the same time, the Lord Jesus, the head of the church, will be examining everything that happens and everything that we do. We are under his watchful eye in every step that we do take. And he has given us his word to speak into our life story, to remind us that he is watching, that he's watching especially those whom he has blessed, and that he is watching them and watching over them until the safe arrival home. And today we want to see the verses here, verse 12 and 13, as a bookend for the life of the people of God. And to think of the Christian's everlasting rest. I want to think, first of all, of perseverance. It's hard to persevere. There is, in verse 12, a call for the endurance of the saints. It's a call that comes in the light of what has gone before. What has gone before motivates the people of God to hear this call, this call to endurance. And endurance gives us the picture of somebody persevering no matter the burden that they are carrying, the greater the load, the more the person is bent down under the burden, but nevertheless they persevere, they carry on going forward despite that burden. And, and they endure because there is a real energy working within them that enables them to carry that burden, 
to face the obstacle and to continue on their journey to finish despite the obstacles. And those who are called on to endure are those who are saints. They are those who are set apart by God. And in particular, the people who are set apart to be the saints of God are those who are brought not only into an encounter with the things of God, but an encounter with God himself. We are called to be saints, says Paul in writing to the Corinthians. And in that call to be saints is being taken from being far from God into an encounter with God where we sense that we are set apart to God by God. And in many ways, the setting apart, distinct from the setting apart in the Old Testament where people were taken from where they were into the tabernacle of God. The children of God are saints set apart by God actually coming to them where they are, giving to them his spirit in their hearts to make them saints. And today, and under the ministry of the gospel, we are looking in the first place for, for those who are saints to be reminded that they are in the presence of God, that they've been brought into this encounter with God, where the life is one of living in communion with God. And for those who are not yet the children of God, the call to endurance comes with a call into the fellowship of the Lord Jesus, a call to embrace the gospel, to embrace Jesus in the gospel, and to experience this encounter with God, the endurance of the saints. As soon as God meets with us, our lives are changed. As soon as God meets with us, our hearts are one for him. And as soon as God works in us, we are determined and energized by his spirit and by his love to continue following him. The perseverance and how are we going to persevere? How is our perseverance going to be evident and known? It's going to be known in two particular aspects to which we give careful attention. Those who keep, who watch over. If something is precious to us, we're going to observe it, we're going to watch over it, we're going to protect it, we're going to Keep it in mind always and ensure that it is safely guarded. And the two things that we are going to pay attention to as we endure is first of all, a life that is fit for the kingdom of God. And that's the great challenge that the Christian faces in every generation, a life that befits the kingdom of God, those who keep the commandments of God. In the Old Testament, we have the relationship of God with his people, where the book of the law is written, is read before them, and where they, in their commitment to God, say in Exodus chapter 24, 
all that the Lord has said we will do. And God says to them, if you do that in chapter 19, then you will be to me a treasured possession. You will be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. In other words, wherever you go in this world, people will know that you are the covenant people of the only true and living God. And for us today, our endurance is going to be evident in the way that we live our lives in accordance with the law of God and the word of God and everything that the word of God contains with regard to shaping and molding the life of the child of God. Let me see someone who is enduring and let me find someone whose life is conformed to the word of God, who is being transformed every day by what the word of God says. It is walking in the light with God. It is having communion with God. It is ensuring that this encounter which he has initiated by his grace, that that encounter is always living and real because we are walking with God in the world in which we live. And it is for you to, to examine your own heart today with, with regard to what it means for you to live. Does living for you mean living a life that secures for you the commune with God that is at the center of the life of the people of God and that is essential for their well-being and for their development as the children of God? What is it that shapes your life? What does your life look like in the eyes of God? Keeping the commandments of God. And the second thing is loyalty to Jesus. And those to whom this revelation was given were a people who were struggling with that, who were challenged every day to worship the emperor and not the Lord Jesus. To compromise their faith and pressurize through their suffering to be disloyal to the Lord Jesus, to, to change their allegiance and to give themselves to the worship and to the service of the emperor. And their endurance here is to keep their faith in Jesus, to keep faith as in the teaching of the Bible, but also to keep their own personal faith and loyalty to Jesus. And, of course, both go together. We cannot keep our personal loyalty to Jesus without being faithful to the gospel and to the word of God in which we find the gospel. Loyalty to Jesus. How many times in life are we called upon to compromise? Compromise what we believe. Compromise who we believe in. Compromising our faith. And too often, we are guilty of failing. Of failing to be loyal to Jesus. Of letting disloyalty break into to the ranks of, of all of the things that are in our hearts that remind us that we are the children of God. Today, we are called to perseverance. 
and let our perseverance together be one which is evident in our ongoing life given over to following the Lord Jesus and in our lives being shaped as we journey on by the word of God. And these two things together will ensure that we will always have in our hearts the energy that enables us to carry on under the burden, to endure under the load, and to push the rocks and the obstacles out of the way with our determination to reach our goal and the end of our journey, the perseverance. Secondly, we hear a proclamation. It's as if in the midst of of all of this revelation, everything has to stop because a proclamation has to be made. And when the proclamation has to be made, we hear a voice from heaven. There is no angel. There is no messenger. It's the direct voice of, of the God of heaven reaching down to this people to where they are. And it's marvelous today that that's what God is doing as we worship him together today. It is the voice of heaven that comes down where we are. And when the voice of heaven comes down saying, write this, blessed are the dead. What do you think it means to be blessed. We use these words perhaps in a trivial way, God bless you, and may bless you follow you, but what does it mean to be blessed? In the first place, when we hear his voice coming from heaven, to be blessed is a word of divine approval. It is God looking down upon us And God approving what we are and taking delight in us. And that's what God does with those who are persevering, who remain loyal to him throughout the whole of their lives. He looks down upon them and they meet with his approval. And what a tremendous feeling that would be today if all together God was going to say to us I approve of you the way that you are I approve of you the way that you live your life humbling heartbreaking but such a marvelous reception to the proclamation of God that we are approved by him. But also blessed because of having the kingdom of God in their hearts. It is a a sense of, of distinctive Christian joy that God says we are blessed because he has made us blessed. Because he has given to us his kingdom in our hearts, his spirit to dwell within us. 
He has given to us the guarantee, the deposit of our eternal inheritance. He has given that to us in our hearts, and therefore we are blessed. Blessed to know that God approves. Blessed to know that we are the children of God. Blessed. But here, the word comes not with regard to the living, but with regard to the dying and the dead. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They are those who no longer live on the face of the earth. They are those who no longer have existence here. They are, they are those and soul and body has, has, have been separated And just like Jesus on the cross, he breathed his last when he died. They are no longer here. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. And to die in the Lord, once more, has two crucial aspects to it. That that remind us of the kind of people the children of God are. And they die in the Lord, first of all, because they are in Christ. That's their status. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. We are all united to Christ. Our salvation is in Christ. And only those who are in Christ will be saved. In Christ all shall be made alive, says Paul. Life in Christ is the status of God's children. And so today, those who are living are blessed, they are the children of God, but especially here, it's those who have died in the Lord as the children of God. And along with that, they die in the Lord They die in their living devotion to him. They have not ceased to be loyal to the Lord Jesus halfway along their life story. They have not stopped giving their lives in holy commitment to the Lord down through their life story. They died in the Lord so that in the Lord means not only their status, but the sphere in which they live their lives in total devotion right up until the time of the, of the end of their lives here in this world. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. What a blessing. What if or when it is said of you that he or she died? What will God be saying? about you? What will these words say about your life? To be blessed as those who die in the Lord from now on. What an encouragement to continue to persevere and to wait to hear this heavenly proclamation. And when we follow on the words, blessed indeed says the Spirit, There is a 
heavenly harmony because there is the call from heaven, there is the Spirit of God, and together they are in unison, saying how blessed are those who die in the Lord. And we may sing praises to God and rejoice in God and give thanks to God from those who love the Lord when they pass away. But there is a, a harmony, a unison that's heavenly that we don't hear, but we have it here, reminding us that God is there, that God is there with his approval, that God is there with, with a, a sense of, of laying his hand, with, with rejoicing over his own children, those who die in the Lord. And without being flippant, I hope that at your funeral service and mine, whenever that will be, and whatever songs of praise will be sung in the worship of God, that the heavenly choir, that there will be this unison over everything that happens, blessed is he and blessed is she who died in the Lord. The proclamation. And finally, there is a promise. And the promise comes with the authority of the Spirit of God. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. They have labors here in this world. They have toil. They have that which creates a sense of weariness, sometimes a sense of fatigue. It's that process of continuing to endure, continuing to serve the Lord, and through that process, from time to time, sensing in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of the way in which they are called upon to exert themselves in the service of Christ, that there are times and days when there is a sense of spiritual fatigue and when there is a sense of arriving in a place where what they need is rest. Rest from their labors. There is, says the writer of the Hebrews, a Sabbath rest awaiting the people of God in Hebrews chapter 4. And here are a people who are promised rest from their labors. There are so many images in the Bible about what the kingdom of God is like. There are so many images that we can use from our own culture. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 that, that God's church is like God's field and God's building. And one of the images that, that we can, can think about when we think of, of resting from labor is, is the days and the times when at least a previous generation would spend a whole day cultivating the ground, preparing to plant their crops, which were ultimately going to feed their families in the winter. And they would toil from sunrise until sunset. And they would come in from their toil in the field, and they will sit down and they needed rest. They couldn't do any more. 
All they needed was to find refreshment in their homes. And for the people of God who serve in God's field and in God's building, there is a sense of, of relentless serving from which there is no break and from which no break is desired. But ultimately it, is all, it all has in view that, that great day when, when all that toil will come to an end and when they will hear the voice of God come you blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you come and have your rest around my throne let my lamb lead you into fountains of living water let God wipe every tear out of your eyes finding rest from your labours the wonderful thought that for the people of God today who died in the Lord that they have found rest we find rest in, in breathing a sigh of relief and I'm not saying that that that's what they will be doing. But there will be a sense of the, the toil being over and a sense of having arrived in the glory of God's kingdom. They shall rest from their labors and their deeds will follow them. What does that mean? What are the deeds that are going, and how are they going to follow them? Their deeds are the work in which they were engaged in the service of Christ and in his kingdom down here in this world. Paul closes 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with, with a call to the church in Corinth to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Jesus speaks of, of the church of Ephesus in, in chapter 2 of this revelation I know your works. There are these works which, we, which belong to the people of God in this world. There is the toil of laboring and, and of serving. There are the works that James calls the, the works that, that, that accompany faith and that, that show faith. Their works will follow them. And they will not follow them in the sense of having to do them or continue doing them. What kind of paradise would that be? If we're going to carry on doing exactly the same thing that we're doing here. But it will follow them in this sense. That the God who searches our hearts today will see our works in that great day of judgment. They will follow us. We will take them with us and the other side of the coin is, as we see in, later on in Revelation 20, God will take the books and he will take the book of life and we'll all be judged on what is written in the books. Our works will follow them. And so today their works follow them into the judgment seat of Christ. And there the books are going to be opened. 
and as surely as they are approved by God, having finished a life of devotion to God when they are blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, so now their works are approved in the presence of God. And at last they receive the promise of his reward. And Jesus says that in in the parable in, in Matthew chapter 25. Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Well done, good and faithful servant. The judgment of God. He searches all of our hearts. The day will come when our works will follow us into his presence. And what will it be then for you, for the children of God? It's something to look forward to. It's the day when they are crowned with glory with Christ. And when they do enter into the new heavens and the new earth. When they will not hunger or thirst anymore. When there shall be no more death and no more suffering and no more pain. They are glad because they are at rest And quiet now they be, because God has brought them to the haven they desired. Where will this day find you? Where will it find me? May God bless his word to us so that together we will not only share in the experience of God's word here, but share in the experience of the children of God when at last they are rewarded and welcomed by God into his everlasting kingdom. May God bless his word to us. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we rejoice in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God of all grace, God of our salvation, give thanks to you for your work, for the way in which it begins in the hearts of your children, for the way in which it is brought on by you, and for the way in which at last you will bring your people to be in glory with you. So bless your word to us. Encourage your hearts. Have mercy upon us uh, because of your grace. And go with us in the week that unfolds before us, praying that you will be our shepherd in every step of it, we pray. Hear us and accept us, for Jesus' sake. Amen. The closing psalm is Psalm 107 at verse 27. Psalm 107 at verse 27 on page 384. They are familiar words to us, especially in regard to the passing of the people of God. Psalm 107 at verse 27. They reel and stagger like one drunk, at their wits end they be, and they to God in trouble cry, who them from straits doth free. From verse 27 to verse 31 to God's praise. Who then from 
to make and it's the most difficult intimation I've ever made. I want to let you know that I informed the kit session on Thursday evening of my decision to retire from the ministry with effect from 31st of October this year. Together Catherine and I have given careful consideration to this matter and taking into account my recent health issues as well as age-related circumstances I have reluctantly but prayerfully come to this conclusion. I became your minister on the 27th of October 2000. By the 31st of October this year, I will then have completed 23 years as your minister. I am now persuaded that in the providence of God, this chapter in my life and yours is drawing to a close. This will truly be a metagamma moment for me. I cannot begin to describe for you the pain and the wrench that I already feel the thought of parting from you. My whole being is woven into the fabric of this community. I hold you all dear in my heart, and that is never going to change. I do feel responsible for you in the presence of God, and I've had great joy in bearing that burden over the years and in loving you all in my heart. We still have some time left together, and it is my prayer that the Lord will richly bless us together in the remaining months. The Apostle John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. In many ways, I see you as my children, as John did see those to whom he was writing. And I will have no greater joy than to see you all coming to faith in the Lord Jesus and walking in the truth of the gospel. And so for the remaining months, let us do all that we can together in the gospel uh, to the glory of God, and we pray for the good of our eternal salvation. Thank you. We'll stand with a benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>